Cold street lyrics, line for line like cocaine sniffers. Ill with it, so deal with it. That's a quote, Jay Diller. These rap artists can claim they the hardest, but Joe's way Ella. And I started in Stapleton projects like Ghostface Killer, which reminds me, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Let them pipes fly. Every word dipped in cyanide, trim his lifeline. Mr. Gordy paid up boy Georgie the kid with mob ties. Chicks adore me, they don't fall for me. These bitches skydive. I'm a beast of problem from staff to the streets of Harlem. Son of a smoking gun, Pelly practically keeps one on him. Got this revolver that I hold like six rounds and the barrel's long. I call that my six minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're on. Pistol on me, Dolo cutting my steak in the restaurant. They whip Ferraris, trying to stack this paper like a Michelante. Stay calm, legendary like Raekwon. Pelly's nothing to fuck with like Wu-Tang. Flame on, I pour some fire for you. I mix it hot, Nate Palm. Hypnotize you like Biggie, baby, baby. Snake charm, sleep in the trunk where we pump. South Shore sun, no fake dogs. Just real life murder with straight bars. That was Jojo Pellegrino's verse off his latest release, Three Kings, which also features Ghostface and Raekwon. Welcome to episode 46 of We Going In Presents. Today, I am chopping it up with the legendary JJP. We talk about his latest single, Three Kings, his new music, the Jojo Pellegrino podcast, which he's about to launch, and it's about time he does. We also talk about his writing process, why he's hungrier than ever, and how he's getting into the real estate game. So after the interview, make sure you go find the Jojo Pellegrino podcast. Make sure you stream Three Kings, and please check out my books. The links are all on wegoingin.com, and check back next week for new interviews. And we've talked a lot about Jersey Shore over the years, just joking around and whatnot, but thinking about Jersey Shore, Sopranos, I mean, the shows like that, they promote a lot of Italian stereotypes, and, and you know, do you feel like they tell the whole story of Italian culture, or do you feel like they rely too heavily on stereotypes? I think a lot of people rely too heavy on stereotypes. However, I think The Sopranos is very accurate um, in terms of the way things are, you know, or were at that time when it was out, uh, in terms of, you know, in the streets of New York with, 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 with these guys running around, you know, the real guys. Um, and I think that, I think that Jersey Shore is pretty accurate too, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, from the tan into the way they do their hair and all that, there really is a lot of youth that, that, that rocks like that. So I guess, right, which is why it resonated and translated and became a success. But there are a lot of things out there that they do rely too heavy on, on stretching the truth and gimmicks and all that. And those things never last, you know, footnotes. No doubt. So when you look at your fan base, you know, who are you marketing your music to these days? I mean, you know, you never know who, 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 you never know who, who, who grabs onto you and says, you know, that's my guy. You know, I mean, realistically, it's, it's more, it's never been, never been, although I made Italian records, like Italian bass records, and my name is Jordan Pellegrino, it's never been about being an Italian rapper, right? Because there's no such thing as an Italian rapper. Italian people, you know, don't rap. You know what I'm saying? Um, I market my stuff to, to people in general, man. You know, hip hop fans, you know, bars are back. Why I'm back, you know what I'm saying, and um, you know, marketing our shit to, to, to hip hop fans, marketing our shit to females, you know, marketing to uh, you know the youth, everybody, bro, people that are older, people that are going through, you know, addiction. I got a lot of strong records on, on this on this album, um, just that show a lot of the things that that I see in my neighborhood and stuff like that, and uh, you know, so really, really, what it is is I guess uh, I guess everybody, bro. I don't market my music specifically to just one person. I don't know what you're talking about. 
So when you talk about, you know, there's no such thing as an Italian rapper, you know, you said Italians don't rap. I mean, did you ever face any like criticism for for your choices going into hip hop and and well, well, let me let me let me correct myself. What what I mean is, there are of course there's a lot of Italian kids that rap and Italian guys that rap and and it's dope, man. You know, I mean, you know, I think it's a great thing that they do that. Um, but what I'm saying is just Italian people in general, although they love hip hop, I can't say they love hip hop, but the youth in New York love hip hop. They just ain't. They don't show up like that, right? Because if they were showing up like that. You know, I, my sales would be through the roof just off the strength of being Italian. You know what I mean? But it, it's not really like that. You know, um, I don't I don't see much participation. Uh, you know, uh, like in other words, like uh, is there really a giant Italian hip hop fan base? You know what I mean? You know, so I mean, I, I don't know. I would like to think there is. You know, I mean, I, I represent because that's that's what that's what I am. That's where I come from. But um. You know, I don't know. I could, I could never just sit there and target just them. Literally, you know, um, realistically, bro. I'd rather, I'd rather feed everybody the music. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, especially when you look at like how much you know Wu Tang fans. Um, just with your associations over the years and, and your association with the Wu, you know how heavy Wu Tang fans still rock with you. Yeah, that, you know what? Let me let me say that. Let me say let me let me big up the entire Wu Tang community. I mean, I think it's the entire world. But, but I'm very, very thankful um, for the support that I get from Wu Tang fans, right? Which, which are ultimately fans of music because Wu Tang fans come in all shapes, sizes. Wu Tang fans look like Metallica fans. Wu Tang fans look like Drake fans. Wu Tang fans look like, you know, they. I mean, everybody loves Wu Tang, you know. And, and Ray said on the song, you know, put your team in a position to, you know, for cheese, you know, put or put your team in a position for G's. And I feel like he really did that for me, man. Him and Ghost, you know, they always took me serious. Always. And they always stopped. And, and not just them. Most of my brothers in, 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 in the world always um, treat me like family. You know what I mean? And uh, at a time right now where they're so relevant, they're always relevant. But when they're in the middle of a very relevant run, it, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's an honor and a blessing to have Raekwon and Ghost uh, both on the same track at the same time. You know what I mean? Representing and backing me up 100%. You know, um, it's a great feeling, man. I'm very thankful to the Wu-Tang fan base for showing me love. Um, I'm part of the Wu-Tang fan base, but I'm also part of family. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it's a great feeling, man. Definitely a great feeling. No doubt. And just for those who don't know, or maybe they're just catching up on your story, how originally did you get down with the Wu? Um, well, I can't sit here and say I'm down with the Wu, right? They're family. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the 10th member of Wu-Tang. Right, right. Um, Shaheem, the rugged child, I was very close with um, when I was young. We came up together. And Shaheem um, pretty much had all access to everything that was going on. While the Wu was coming together, while they were recording the first project, while there were demos being cut and, and, and other things happening. And, and, you know, so just being around it through him. You know, it's funny, but also my aunt, um, friend, worked in a bank. And um, when they first got their deals, they were all opening their, their bank accounts through her. So she was around, and of course, she was in there. Oh, my nephew does this, my nephew does that. Oh, okay, oh, shit. And Ghost knew about me already from Stapleton. And, um, you know, it just really opened up a whole a whole new thing. You know what I mean? Like, they would see me and be like, yo, what's up with that? You know, they love Fran, obviously. You know, yo, what's up? Oh, what's she doing? Tell her what's up. You know, um... But yeah, shout out Shaheem. He's about to be home soon. But 
that's how I wound up, just being in them neighborhoods, being with Shaheen and moving around. That's all it took. No doubt. And you you just dropped Three Kings, which also features Ghost and Ray. But this is really one of the first songs we've heard from you in a minute. And I mean, you definitely came strong on that. Just, I think, showing that you're still really hungry. Yeah, I'm starving for this, bro. I love it, man. You know, it's crazy. No matter how much time goes by, no matter how many birthdays go by, bro, I, I, I feel it in every fiber of it, man. This, this hip-hop shit just don't go away, bro. Um, And... You know, I'm intelligent enough and, and able to sit back and look at myself kind of from the outside, and I hear other people telling me that still I just get better and better, man. I know it sounds crazy and cocky, but that's the truth, though. You know, when you hear the new music, you're going to be like, what the fuck, man? You know, I'm hungry like I'm 16 years old, bro. You know, like, this is what I want to do. This is what I do all day. I write rhymes all day. Put myself in a position where I could do that. This is what I love to do. And the other things that I love to do are very easily accessible once I use this hip-hop shit as the proper stepping stone to do those things, right? Like, I love to act, right? But I didn't go to the School of Arts. You know, I'm not showing up at castings and all this other stuff as much as I should be. But when a new couple music videos drop and, and, and people out there see, just like these other rappers, oh, wow, this kid could act. Next thing you know, you end up skipping all the, you know, all, all the things that, that, that an inspiring actor goes through to become an actor. And you wind up acting, you know what I mean? Just because people love the way you look in videos or love the way you did your thing in videos or interviews or whatever. So hip-hop is, 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 is the only stepping stone. Um, it's the most important stepping stone for me in order to get to the other things that I want to do. You know what I mean? Flat out. And so what accounts for those delays when, you know, you might go a year without releasing a song, but, like, you know, not having that consistency, I think, makes it hard to build that fan base. So, like, what accounts for those delays between songs? Well, you know what, like, you know, I mean, you know, I have a different relationship with music, man. A lot of times, you know, I look at it like like it's some girl I don't want to fuck with. But I go to the studio every day and make music every day, this whole entire time. But really, the game changed, man. It's an independent game now. You know what I mean? Um, it's wide open. You know, I could be my own boss now. I don't have to depend on anybody else. So, you know, so these things are great, man. And, um, and it, and it makes it more appealing to me to want to put out records, you know, consistently instead of being around somebody that, uh, you know, that I don't want to be signed to or whatever the case is or, you know, somebody that don't, you know. You know what I mean? Somebody that doesn't, oh, no, I can't fuck with those. Thanks, bro. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, so what accounts for that? Just just life, bro. I do other things. You know what I mean? Um, but I make music every day. Yeah, you're welcome, bro. And now what I'm looking to do is, is, is be beyond consistent. One after the next, like, this is it, bro. Like it's like it's like I'm in high school right now. I'm ready to put out one record after the next. I'm not stopping one video after the next, one album after the next. I got a lot of crazy, you know, features on this album. I got my man Luda Human, who I think is just one of the greatest talents that I've ever, 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 ever heard. He's a young artist, um, signed to Interscope, doing his thing. Um, you guys can check him out. And um, he's on the album. I also got Conway on the album. You know, I respect Conway a lot what they're doing and what they're bringing to the table. And what does it mean to you, too, to have guys like Ghost and Ray be there and, and able to drop that verse to really um, help get, you know, get that, get the, get the song out, get the name out there, get people clicking and listening again. And because it's not, you know, you, you throw Ghost and Ray on a song, not only are you bringing back a lot of the old fans, but you're also bringing in some new fans that like, you know, I wonder who this Jojo Pellegrino guy is. 
Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. I'm very, very excited to be uh, introduced to today's fans. Um, you know, that that's what I do it for, to be honest with you, man. Um, I want everyone to enjoy the music, man. You know, what? You know, a lot of times, you know, where I live, where I'm at in Staten Island, it, 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 it never gets quiet. You know, everywhere I go, yo, 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 this and that. You know, I go to the mall or go here, there, or just even outside of my house, wherever I go. And nothing feels better than when a kid says something to me. Like, like let me tell you real quick, like, I went to go get my son at school, and we were walking to the car, and a little boy, I'm, I'm telling you, bro, like, three years old, like, like what the fuck is this kid doing out in the street? Like, he approached me, and he was like, I know you, you're Jojo Pellegrino, I love your song. And I was like, where's your parents? Is the first thing I said. He was like, I walked across the street when I seen you, because my dad always looks at you on the computer, he always listens to your music. And I was like, wow, that, that was the best feeling ever, like, for a child, like a little child. And, of course, you know, me and my son walked him across the street, knocked on the door. Yo, your kid walked across the street. Oh, man, I'm so sorry, bro. I can't believe it's you on my doorstep. The father went nuts. Like, oh, I'm your biggest fan. You know, it's, it's a good feeling, man. You know what I mean? For, the, for, for just people in general who like music, especially people that you wouldn't necessarily pin as a hip-hop fan. Like, oh, that kid likes hip-hop or those people like hip-hop. It's just good to be loved and respected and appreciated, you know what I mean, as an artist. Definitely. No, I, I, I can definitely understand that. That's a crazy story, by the way, too. Yeah, man, I got a lot of cool stories like that, but that one right there—I mean, that kid was three years old. He it's wasn't four. He wasn't five. He was cool, and that's great. You know, these kids are—they—they they sit on the iPad all day. They're on the computer all day, looking at this stuff. You know what I mean? It's—it's it's, it's cool, man. It's cool, you know. And I also feel responsible. You know, I gotta watch some of the things that I say. I make sure I always put out, you know, clean version, even for the whole album. Um, when the album comes out, there'll be a whole version, you know, you know, non-explicit, and, you know, it's that important to me, you know what I mean? Um, that the kids can listen to it and bump it and rock it without, you know, their parents saying, yo, what the fuck is going on? Or somebody else, like, I don't want you listening to that. And even beyond curse words and things like that, like, I feel responsible. A lot of the things I would normally write down, um, I won't write those things no more. And it hurts sometimes, but it's for, it, it, it's, it's for a good cause. Like, I, know, I don't feel the way about police that I used to feel. I, I used to write in rhymes all the time, you know, anti-police things and all that stuff. Now I don't do that. I won't do that no more. You know what I mean? Um, just things change, you know, as you, as you grow older and, you, and, you, and you, uh, you, know, you become more and more groomed as an artist, you realize that there's certain things you don't need to, unnecessary things you don't need to, you know, touch upon. You know what I'm saying, bro? Right. Like, do, do you feel that's because people are listening more to like and, and acting upon lyrics or do you feel like that's just like your perspective changing? My perspective changed, you know, being locked up a thousand times, like it's, it's, it's embarrassing and it's, and it's, and it's pathetic, but you know, being arrested so many times in the last fucking, you know, uh, I'd say five years, it's been about a year, you know, actually it's been about, about, about a year since I've been arrested. Um, you know, the police is just cool, man. You know, you know, yo, Joe, you need anything to eat? Yo, Joe, you want to make a phone call? Yo, yo, Joe, I'm going to slide you through court real quick so you don't got to, yo, Joe, you know, this, they show love because they're, they're fans. You know what I mean? I mean, just the other day, somebody called the police on me. Just the other day, and the police called me on the phone like, yo, Joe, what the fuck is going on, Joe? Like, like I feel like I'm talking to someone I know. He's like, yo, Joe, stay away from there, bro. You know, stay away from that person. Do your thing, bro. You know, the cop is like, yo, I heard the Three Kings shit is hot, bro. Damn, you got Wu-Tang on the song. That's what I'm talking about, bro. Yeah, man. You know, and, and they just show love, you know. So how could I sit there after being locked up and wanting to make phone calls and, and guys giving me their cell phones to use to make phone calls or bringing me fucking chicken cutlet heroes while I'm sitting in a jail cell and feeding the guys around me and, and getting the things that they want? 
You know what I mean? How could I sit there and write some fucked up shit about them? That's my own personal experience. My own personal experience. I know what's going on out there in the world in the miracle of police. But, um, uh, you know, when I write, it's from my experience. You know what I mean? And, and looking at just, you know, people going crazy over your music and, and all that, I mean, I think one thing that, you know, was incredible when it came out was the Hitman for Hire mixtape. And it's one of those lost gems at this point where it's not really online. And, you know, I remember having that and just absolutely loving it and not being able to find it now. Um, Thank you. Any chance you're going to put that back up, at least for a download or streaming or something? You know what? I am going to uh, put all the entire back catalog up. Um, this is something I've been meaning to do, um, without a doubt. That was a great part of my life. Shout out, you know, shout out London and shout out Big Dan. Rest in peace to him. Shout out Bebo. Um, We were working really, really hard. Shout out Colin Fisk. We worked really hard on, on that, and uh, we made a lot of noise, man. This is when mixtapes weren't really popping like that in terms of, like, an artist doing a whole album and calling it a mixtape. I was one of the first ones. Yeah, you, and, it was you know, like you got, and 50. Like, the, the, those were the, yeah, the, they, the early yeah. artist mixtapes. Me and 50. I was getting ready to drop first. I had my shit ready to go, and out of nowhere, he came with his shit. I was like, damn, he came right before I did. But, you know, we got... We got mixtape on a month on MTV. You know, we 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 sold uh you know twenty something thousand units of that shit. You know, whatever we made, got great reviews and double X though. You know, everything was pretty much flawless, and I'm very proud of that. A lot of people still ask for that, but I will be uploading it. Um, you know, and, and making it available digitally so people can go and get that without a doubt. And that was in the Violator days, right? When when you did the mixtape. That's when I was in the process of uh, you know, actually getting out of the Violator contract. Gotcha. Oh, rest in peace, uh, rest in peace, Chris Lighty. By the way, some of the best days of my life. I can tell you what I took a lot of that for granted, man. To any artist that that might be sitting, you know, on a label or whatever, and be unhappy that might hear this interview right here. Sometimes they gotta understand. All the time they gotta understand that these labels they have a lot of responsibilities. They're not the only artist on the label. Sometimes you gotta hang tight for a minute. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so I I wonder often what would have happened if I would have hung tight. Um, but I'm so glad that uh, I didn't. I have no regrets for anything that I've done or anything I didn't do because I really just, I love now more than I love anything. More than before, more than later, I love now. Like, I really, really appreciate now as an artist, as a man, you know, as a father, you know, whatever, man. So um really, really happy to be here. If I would have popped off, you know, and sold millions of records back then, where would I be now? Would I be here now? Would there still be mystery to my name or some sort of nostalgia or whatever the case is, you know? I like being a mystery man, but you know all that stuff right now is about to uh, about to end because uh, I'm gonna flood these motherfuckers with music. Nice, yeah, man. And you know, even looking at Three Kings, you know, you you still referenced where I'm from, which is you know one of your classics, one of your staples. So how important is yeah. it that even with the new music, you drop those references in there for the fans to catch? It's very important, bro, because I have to be me all of the time, and that's that's where I'm from. You know what I mean? I I can't fight who I am, where I come from, you know, I embrace it. That's what hip-hop is all about. You know, my life changed when I embraced who I was and I embraced my neighborhood, you know, during those tough you know, times. Times were tough back then, racially, a lot of tension in the air, especially in Staten Island. You know, you didn't want to be no white rapper from the South Shore, you know. There was no such thing. It wouldn't be a smooth run, but I pulled it off because I was different socially. You know, I spent a lot of my time in the projects over there with some kids. I paid a lot of dues. Went through a lot of things, and, and, and I paved my way, bro, and I'm really proud of that. But it's important that I um, always represent where I'm from and always represent who I am. 
No doubt. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, listening to like where I'm from, where I'm from part two, and just your music in general, like you can definitely feel the love you have for Staten Island. And, and I feel like I feel like the folks in Staten Island who hear that know that that's, you know, coming from a genuine place. It is coming from a genuine place. I get tired of this place a lot, but, you know, this is where I'm from. You know, I love this place, man. You know, you're always going to have Hades where you live. You're always going to have love where you live. There's always going to be, you know, curious people where you live. You know, it, it is what it is, but uh, this is where I'm at, man. I'm, I'm 25 minutes away from the city. I'm 15 minutes away from Brooklyn. You know, Jersey's right there. This is where I want to be at. We got backyards out here. You know what I mean? We, we Things are a little bit cozy. You know, so this this is where I like to be, right here. And what it mean for you to get props from Premier? You know, DJ Premier went up on Twitter and, and oh, said that you know, Three Kings was fire. Primo is my man forever, man. I mean, come on, bro. You know, he's a, a legend. It's not my opinion. It's a fact. He is a, he is a legend, and he is a great brother, man. And he's a, a, a incredible human being. He has a, he has a heart of gold. Um, he's done so much with hip-hop. I have a lot of history with him. I know him since I'm, I think, maybe 19 years old. You know, I used to go up to Molly Mall's crib all the time and fuck with him and Primo. Um, I've been around Primo many, many, many times, and um, and I feel honored each and every time. It never gets old. And to see him playing my records and bigging me up, and we talk on the phone every once in a while, and we're definitely going to have something coming for the fans, without a doubt, um, you know, when, when God permits and it, and, it, and it comes through. But uh, I couldn't be more thankful. I was so excited, man. You know, to see Primo always supporting any of my records and, and always bigging me up, he supports everything I do, actually. I mean, everything. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that, you know. Um, yeah, it's definitely shout out the legendary uh, Primo, everything he's got going on right now, and rest in peace, Guru as well. Yeah, no, their new album is incredible. It is. I mean, you know, do we expect anything less? You know what I mean? And you know, you talk about about Prem's legendary status in Three Kings. You talk about your own status. You know, you say legendary like Raekwon. You know, do you consider yourself a legend in the game? Um, you know what? I don't have to because everywhere I go, everyone calls me a legend, man. And it's a blessing. I, I, it might sound like a cocky thing to say. It's a blessing, especially when legends call you a legend. And and that's what I'm used to, man. Coogee Rap called me a legend. You know what I mean? I know him since I'm fucking 16 years old. You know what I mean? Um, You know, that feeling is, is, is incredible, man. I mean, all my favorite rappers call me a legend. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's a great feeling because they're legends, right? I guess it takes one to know one, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, without a doubt, I would consider what I did legendary, what I'm doing legendary, and what I'm going to do legendary. I definitely do consider it that way. Right? Because what makes a legend, right? Is it just success? No, it's, it's somebody who who does their own thing. Somebody who don't quit. Somebody who goes hard and leaves their stamp. That's just a stain that is just impossible to wash away. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like it's like a reputation. It's like having a reputation. You know, um... You don't have to be dead to be a legend. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to. You know, I, I, I'm I'm proud that people call me that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. To answer your question straight up, yeah, I definitely consider myself. I know I'm a legend with it. I know shit is legendary. Um, you know how I do it. So yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. No doubt. I mean, if, if KG, it, it, you know, Cool G Rap KGR says it, I mean, I think you're that that says it all right there. Yeah, man. It gets uncomfortable sometimes when like. Fans do it. Yo, he's a fuck. This guy's a legend. When they introduce me, that 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 feels weird. That's when I humbly be like, "Oh man, I'm Joseph Pellegrino, man. What's up, man? You know, it's nice to meet you, whatever." 
But like I said before, when artists and, and industry people and, and, and legendary artists and industry people call me a legend, that's when I really, that's when I said, damn, I must be a legend. You know what I mean? And I think what's so cool about right now too, like you look at what you got going on, you're about to launch the podcast with Carlton Fisk. And one of the things I've always loved about interviewing you and just working with you over the years, going back to the hip hop game days in the early 2000s, is just you've got a huge personality. And I think, you know, doing a podcast is one way where you can really showcase that personality, but also um, interact with a lot of people in, in a really cool way. So, um, yeah, you know, what, what can you tell us right now about just, you know, the podcast and what you got going on with Carlton Fisk? Um, well, Carlton Fisk is, you know, we, we glued it to hip. That's my man. You know, he just came home for doing eight years, not going back. He's an extremely talented artist. You guys, you know, you know, you heard him on the Method Man album, dropping classic verses on that first album. He's done a lot since then, and he's got a lot more stuff going on now. Um, the Pellegrino Podcast, the JoJo Pellegrino Podcast, that's what it's called, the JoJo Pellegrino Podcast. People have been telling me to do a podcast. People have been telling me to jump in movies and be on TV shows forever. And just, you know, a lot of people, you know, tell me they enjoy my personality. And I love speaking to people. Um, I tried a few different things podcast to you know to get off the ground it seemed like it was you know just didn't feel right um whether it was the people i was working with or the situation or the timing but uh you know now that carlo's home and and you know it, you know i let my guard down around him i don't do that around nobody you know we're, we're family though you know we, we, we come from a bond underneath a, a team that we were both a part of and we're the last two running around and so we, we put a lot of pride and what we do, and we put a lot of pride in being loyal to each other and loving each other unconditionally, you know, especially when we're not around. So when I do something like a podcast and, and he's my partner in it, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that, you know, I'm proud to say that, um, that I have a genuine, true, talented friend, very entertaining with an explosive personality that he got. Um, and he don't care that it's the JoJo Pellegrino podcast. You know, we were going to come up with a bunch of other different names, but, you know, everyone keeps telling me, Joe, listen, you know, your personality, your name, brand, your name. Why brand three other words, right? Like the number one podcast, brand JoJo Pellegrino. And so that's what I decided to do. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard this uh, this record called 7OD that I produced for Second Generation Wu, which is um, Method Man's son, Power, You God's son, Intel, Bull Space Killer's son, Sun God, and... Young old dirty bastard, son, young dirty bastard. Um, you know these are like my nephews, man. And uh, you know I wound up in the studio that Carlo took me to, and I seen them all running around in there, but they weren't working together. But they're all running around in there, and everybody had a different sound and putting things together. And just immediately, as soon as I heard Meth's son say "check the fly shit," bro, I had like this major something went off inside of me where I was like, no matter what. I'm getting all of these kids on the same record. No matter what, I'm going to make sure that the message is intact, right? A responsible, uh, you know, you know, for the respectful, responsible thing to do towards the legacy of their fathers and the Wu-Tang imprint and the fan base and all that. And to make sure that sonically it was correct, you know? So I brought in my man, Jay Glaze. We both sat there and produced this record called 7OD, which is... Um, you know, uh, represents like the gods and the earth, you know, a nation of Islam, you know, the, you know, you know, you heard Wu-Tang talking all this stuff. Um, and I also want, I, I definitely got to big up my people's, um, ESA, my man, Fool, um, Hacksaw from West Brighton, Uncle Murder, obviously from Brooklyn, 
and Ken Du from Stapleton because they had a rap group called 7OD um, years ago in Stapleton Projects um, when Uncle Murder first came out here. And, um, you know, it was inspired, you know, they, you know, um, Mef Sun was talking about God rules everything around it. And so they were like, let's, you know, we call the record G.O. now. We call the record 7OD. And the reason why I felt confident in doing that and blessed doing that um, is because, uh, you know, uh, my man Fool, um, even though they had a, 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 a rap group named 7OD, it's also a lifestyle. And it was the message. You know what I mean? So everybody's very proud of this record. It's doing its thing. Um, shout out Second Generation Wool. And the shit is knocking, man. So they were the first guests on the Jojo Pellegrino podcast. They came through. They sat down. We had fun with them. You know, these are like Carlos' nephews, literally. You know, Method Man is his best friend. You got and all respect the deck and all these guys. Are, they all came up together since they was 10 years old. You know, Carl and Fisk and them. And so it was just a beautiful family environment, man, and a great interview. And what they could expect from the, you know, the Jojo Pellegrino podcast is, you know, it's gonna, we're going to incorporate food. We're going to incorporate, you know, bars, like live action. We're going to incorporate, you know, just, you know, comedy and just fun, bro. You know what I mean? Like good people, good conversation, good vibes, good music. You know what I mean? Good Lord. That's awesome. And, you know, thinking about your first guest, you know, having that second generation of woo, I mean, it's so cool to see, you know, the next generation, like Sun God, you know, Young Dirty Bastard, like these guys um, making a name for themselves and doing it. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges they're going to face is being seen for who they are and not being seen as, you know, oh, your dad is this person. Like, you know, do you think that they can step out of that shadow or, and I think, do you think I think fans will give them that chance? Have. I think they already have. I think they already have. This is kind of like, you know, if Wu-Tang is weed in, the, in their father's drawers, you know, like in other words, like in their dresser drawer, the kids went in the drawer and took some. They felt entitled to it. You know what I mean? Like, yo, we love this. They love it. They live it. Who's more entitled than them? You know, they're not calling themselves Wu-Tang. They are not. They're not second Wu-Tang clan. Ultimately, this thing might be end up getting called second generation, but the message is clear. Sun God don't sound like Ghostface Killer. Powell, although he looks just like his dad and he's cool just like his dad, he's got the same type of vibration, he don't sound like meth. You God's son don't look or sound like him. You know what I mean? I mean, looks like him, but don't sound like him at all. Uh, old Dirty Bastard's son, of course, looks like him. Might have the same type of, you know, um, wild style or whatever, but he don't even sound like him. And so far, everybody's been very, really, honestly, like this, this damn thing, like really got people going. You know, it's got like 300,000 views in less than a week on YouTube. They performed the SOBs last week. They tore the shit down. The fans are going crazy. They know what it is. You know what I mean? So when they get up there, you know, and the girls see Sun God and they see, you know, power, they're going nuts and the fans are loving the music and all that. It's just a beautiful thing, bro. I, I really don't think nobody thinks about Wu-Tang while, while, while they were up there on that stage doing that. I don't think anyone was thinking about Wu-Tang. I think they were just focusing on them, you know, and, um, and that's the plan. You know, the plan is to try to sound like their fathers or, or to do what their fathers did. The plan is to be respected. Uh, you know, to keep the message and and the music intact while they do what they do. That's it. And so far, so good. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And, you know, when you look at, like, you've done television in the past where you really gave fans kind of that behind-the-scenes look, you know, what does the podcast allow you to do differently? And how are you going to use the podcast, not just to, you know, to bring out the personalities of the of the guests you have, but, like, to also... You know, promote the career of JJP. 
Well, it's a great thing, man, because, you know, I might put a song out there that, that's doing well, and I, I might do an interview and interview a rapper, um, you know, who's in a, in a better position at the moment, and my podcast, you know, fuck around and get a lot more views and streams than a song that I have out, right? Or, and, you know, eventually it'll catch up to where the podcast is a great platform for me to put everything out. Podcasts nowadays, people just love to hear people talk, man. People love hearing people talk, especially if they're speaking about interesting things, especially if they have good guests on there and it's something that they can relate to or something that they're interested in. People will sit there and listen to it on their way to work, when they're in the car, listen to it when they're laying down in bed. Just people talking for an hour and a half. This is a great platform not only just to gain more attention and momentum for Joseph Pellegrino and myself, you know, as an artist, but also just as a personality, like you said before, right? Like, um, it's just a great gateway for me to, to, to follow through and, and, and do everything that I want to do out of it. It gives me an opportunity to talk to really cool people to have guests come on. There's a lot of people out there that I feel are talented that nobody got to see yet or nobody got to hear yet. And I get to invite them up to my platform and, you know, and expose, you know, uh, what they do to the fans and stuff like that. It's just a really cool thing, man. I get to I get to chill out and just talk. I don't have to go in there and write rhymes or, or, or lay rhymes down or be mixing records. It's just I get to hang out and just talk, which is cool, man. Because I really don't get an opportunity to do to do that much. And now I get to do it once a week, you know. And I get to do it with cool people. So I'm very very excited about it, man. I'm working on a business side with some really cool people that are going to be distributing this thing and putting it out. And um, they got some really cool things going on. So I'm really excited about this. You know, we had Lakata. Um, Raekwon's new wine. Uh, we had we had bottles of that all up on the podcast, and we were representing and showing Ray love. You know, my big brother. Anything he does, I support it. You know what I mean? I push it. I market it. I don't need to be told. You know, I just move for my family, bro. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, that was a pleasure. The stuff tastes great too. So, beautiful bottle. Shout out Raekwon, the chef from Lakata. And what advantage do you feel like you have? you know, interviewing other artists, being that you're an artist yourself and that you've been through, you know, the industry side of things, you've been to the underground side of things, you've had successes, you've had failures. Like, what does that give you that, you know, you can bring to the table when you interview and, and talk to artists? It gives me everything I need because I know what I'm talking about. I can see where they're going, where they come from, where they're at now, right? So it it it, it just sets the, the tone to have a great, honest, open conversation where everybody at the table, including myself walks away and leaves with something. You know what I mean? So really there's nothing more powerful than sitting around the table and talking. So this, this is just a great thing, bro. It gives me all the advantage in the world, you know, especially when people respect you, especially when you know what you're talking about. I'm sitting there talking to an artist and, and he's telling me what he's going through or where he's going with it. You know, I could sit there and talk to him about that all day. I could give him advice. You know, I mean, whatever it is, bro. You know, we have we have great conversations on the show, man. I think the fans are really gonna love this shit, man. And it's a lot of funny shit because Carlo is a maniac. Carl Fisk is fucking hilarious. I made all types of music just to play underneath when he talks, and he does the word of the day all the time. Carlo comes, you know, Carlo's a really, 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 really hood guy. So when he says these big words, most of the time I'm like, yo, that ain't even a fucking word. And everybody in the room will follow. Yo, that ain't a word. You're making fucking words up. And he'll get mad. Yes, you Yes, it is a fucking word. And then we look it up. And it's a fucking word. I thought I knew every word in the world. Carlo got words. Uh, Carlo, where did you learn this shit? You know what he tells you? I had a lot of time on my hands. Because he sat around in the jail cell for fucking 20-something years already. You know, so 
you know, he was listening to soft rock music in the box. He was, you know, he knows all the eighties songs and all the white like the songs that white people listen to. It's hilarious. So we have we have a blast, you know what I'm saying? Um he's an ill element on the show, man. So, you know, we we just have a blast. So people are gonna love this show from you know, podcast. Man. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it when it when it drops. Um also, man, I'd love to see, you know, House Gang get back together and do something with, with Deck. Yeah, man. Rest in peace, Slot Banger, man. I mean, you know, he passed away. He was a uh, a driving force in that house gang thing. Um, they got a lot of stuff going on, man. You know, I wouldn't doubt it if they did. And so, at this point, Pella, we got the the albums that's coming. We've got the podcast going on. Um, I mean, twenty twenty is looking like it's going to be a good year for you right now. Twenty twenty is going to be a great year. It's going to be just the first year towards many years of uh, of success, man. You know. It comes a time where you got to say to yourself, when I'm, when I'm telling you that I do other things when I fall back from the music, right, I like to live nicely. Like, you know, um, I like to have nice things, right? So you got to work hard for that. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm constantly putting pieces together. I work behind the scenes with a lot of artists. You know, I do everything that I possibly could because um, I have so much love and passion for the game. But, um, you know, it's time to just take it in, man, and give, give and put Jojo Pellegrino, you know, I'm talking in third person, but put him back out there, man. You know, um, you know, there's, there's people calling for him. You know, I mean, people want bars, people want good music, and and I'm excited, man, because we got the podcast, we got Rapid Fire Pelly, I got an album Paradise Slums on deck, ready to go. You know, um, you know, I got some real great features. Like I told you, I got Louis Human on the album, I got Conway on the album. When people hear that, they're gonna bug the fuck out. You know, um, shout out my man R.J. Payne. I'm about to get in there with him and work with him. That's like, man, that's like family, man. And we're, we're very much so overdue. I will say that I want to salute him because he's an incredible monster lyricist who stays calling me up and, and, you know, you know, just, man, the things he says to me, man, you know, it, it's a great feeling when other artists respect you. Yeah, RJ Payne, um, definitely got to get one in with my man Nems. I'm excited to work with so many different artists out there, um, but but these are two things that, that I that I want to do right away. I want to get one in with Nems real quick. I know Nems since he's real, real young. And I want to get one in with R.J. Payne real quick. You know what I mean? And, and I'm going to kick ass. You and someone else who I, I feel like you still got to get on a good track, man. You know who I'm about, you know, probably know who I'm about to say. But the Shark, like the, the mixtape heads from the, you know, the early 2000s, the, you know, late 90s, like they know the Shark. And Oh, the Shark is my brother, man. Yeah, last time we interviewed, you were going to see him right after the interview ended. So, um you know, for those who don't know, he's got a really cool story himself and super talented. You know, is he still doing music? Is he, is any chance? The shark, might... is a, the, the, the shark will forever do music. He's still doing music. He's in New York City right now. I got to go check him out. Um, he's doing his thing. You know, um, his father unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Um, shark does have an incredible story. He's a different type of guy. Um, but he's got a great heart, man. And he's, he's strong and he's moving forward. And everything he does in life, you know, he, he represents his father. Because his father made him the man that he is, you know what I mean? So I still speak to the shark. I have a lot of love for that kid, man. Um, he plays my side even even when he might not supposed to be playing my side. He plays my side, man. And so, you know, I'm glad you said this, too, because he hit me up today, actually. I got to go check him out. So I'm going to go out there tomorrow, but... Yeah, the shark is forever going to represent. I tell people all the time, if you were able to open up his rhyme book and read that shit, the way he writes rhymes, you would have thought like a fucking Sicilian mob boss wrote his rhymes. Like, this kid writes very clever, 
gangland, mafioso type of raps, you know what I mean? And I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, I love listening to the show. Shout him out all day long. Mike, shout out Mikey Canini. You know, he represents Mars Park. Yeah, man, I'd love to hear some new shark music. And I see you're also getting in the real estate game. How's that going for you? Yeah, that's going good, man. That's going good, man. I'm going to open up a few whorehouses. Uh, you know, it's going to be nice. That's pretty much what I did it for. Now I'm going to tease you. Get some coupons thing, out there? Yeah, I got a coupon for you. You just come through. I got a nice girl with no teeth to give you a good gum job. Um, that's but why yeah, you're the best. Uh, yeah, those are the best, man. I, I remember I remember you used to tell me that you used to get blowjobs from girls with no teeth all the time. So I figured <laughs> I'd make it so. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> They don't call you 730 for nothing, son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the real estate thing's going good. You know, look, it's it's like, it's just another outlet. Like, I don't want to work. I don't like a job. I don't, I, I respect people who work a nine to five. My dad is a hardworking man. My mom is a hardworking woman. I come from a neighborhood of hardworking people. Everything I, you know, everybody around me worked hard for everything they have. Well, I'm a dreamer, man. You know what I mean? I'm a dreamer. I dream my life away. So everything I do, I want to make, you know, 10000 at a time doing it. 15000 So a lot of my friends do real estate, and they all tell me, Joe, you could talk a fucking, you could talk a fucking bear out of its fur. Joe, get your fucking real estate license, and let's get this money. So I went, and I'm in the process of getting a license, and um, I'm going to be making moves, man. Is it my passion? No. Will I be taking all that money and dumping it into what I'm passionate about, music? Yes. Yes. Because if you want to be independent and you want to do it for real and you want to take a stab at the game, you got to spend thousands of dollars doing it. You know? So where's the money coming from? Making smart moves like that. Making smart investments. Opening whorehouses with girls that have no teeth. Things like that. You know what I mean? Dude, you're going to crush it, man. There's a market for that, man. I'm telling you. There's there's just... What? Yeah. Whorehouses with girls with no teeth? Without yeah, a doubt. Man. I definitely have to do J- I, I could I could see you know the JJP's like neon lights right there man like I I, I can see it. Yeah, bro, I can, I can see it too, bro. You know, you you, you want to work and you want to do something honest. You know, right now in 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 the year two thousand and twenty, it is so impossible and so foolish of somebody to be running around doing crime all day. There's no way that you could win. You know, I mean, it's it's the truth. There really is only two ways that that ends. You know what I'm saying? And and when you're a man, and when you're a father, and when you plan on sticking around, and you plan on being successful, and and keeping a good positive energy and all that other stuff, you want to do things the right way. You want to be smart. There comes a time where you just gotta hang it up and be like, yo, let me let me not look for the fast money. Let me not look for the easy way out all the time. You know what I mean? And so, going after real estate license and making smart business decisions and smart investments and being around artists and, and help uh, consult people and put things together and stuff like that to make money or write for other artists. These are the things that I enjoy doing, you know, and these are things that are not crime, although it feels like crime sometimes when you're doing it. it it's not, you know, so it's just, it's honest and it works. So I'm doing everything I can, you know what I mean? That's awesome. You know, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear that, you know, and, and thinking about just that writing process, you know, you said you're in the studio every day, you're writing all the time. What is the JJP writing process like? I mean, bro, like, you know, like I'll be throughout the day, I'm constantly, you know, writing down or voice memos of things that I think of. But the process when I make music, I make everything from scratch. I don't listen to beats and pick beats. I go in the studio with whoever I'm working with. I let them know how I'm feeling that day. They start touching the keyboard. They start, you know, putting things together. And next thing you know, I'm writing the rhyme before they even got the hi-hats laid and, 
you know, I got 16 bars ready before they even, you know, finish putting the music together and we just chip away and we do it. You know, I like to capture exactly how I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. So that, that's been the process and mixing records and having the highest quality of music is most important to me. So once the record is recorded, that's pretty much just to be, that's not even close to the end of the process. You know, we, we stay and we, we mix records sometimes 16 times over, you know, so I can have some of my records, they'll say next to it, like, you know, if the record is called, uh, you know, I'm nice, it'll say I'm nice, you know, five. That means it's the fifth mix, you know. So really, really important to me to give these fans, you know, the quality music that they need, you know, the, the quality music that they deserve, you know, and the way music should be made. So that's my process pretty much, you know.